This is TFT, Theory for Turntables. I'm Matt, and that's Ryan. Ryan, I'm in front of you. I don't need to accept you on Facebook. Matt, don't try to be someone else. Don't try to be like someone else. Don't try to act like someone else. Be yourself. <laughs> uh, those those are a little obscure, but if you uh, if you recognize them, good on you. Those are uh, excerpts from Frank Ocean's record Blonde. And uh, in in doing this, we're actually not in totally contemporary music. This isn't like Bon Iver, a record that was uh, released the same week that we record the podcast. This was released over the summer, but it was such a big hit uh, and seems like such an important album and such an important new entry in the discography of a major uh, of a major artist that we had to uh, we had to talk about it. Um, I, and it's uh, it's um, it's a remarkable album. It is like exactly 60 minutes long and is uh, is definitely worth checking out. So you probably heard it over the summer, but if you didn't, uh, it's worth uh, it's worth giving it a uh, giving it a listen now. Definitely, definitely worth uh, uh, definitely worth returning to uh, some of the songs of the summer and and um, and getting into this before we uh, delve into more major releases this fall, huh? Well, yeah, and you know, I think that building off of Bon Iver last week, I feel like there are some commonalities both in the in the being kind of an artist of the voice and and both of his own voice and of kind of um, variations of his voice, um, and an album that kind of plays with with structure and song. I think that you know Bon Iver is interesting because it's quite short and it is a, a small number of songs that have kind of these different kind of structures and, and moments within it, um, and this is. I think interesting in that it is a, a pastiche of kind of more conventional songs of more conventional length, but also these um, kind of spoken word, almost found recording interludes, which is what we both chose to uh, to quote, which I think is really interesting that those are these interesting poles of the album, as well as these kind of shorter songs that almost serve as kind of um, sketches or interludes, right? That there are uh, are there's a this is an album where there's a pretty large number of tracks uh and a substantial amount of variation in the length of the tracks right there's there's 17 tracks on this album um and and, and it's also worth kind of noting that it um also was like released uh concurrently um with a with a um a, a zine uh called boys don't cry uh and i think a few days before it was released um Frank Ocean uh, released a uh, visual album as well. Um, I believe it's called that was called Endless. Right? Yeah, it so was, and was, it was called and it, there was mu- there was a, a different set of of music, and so it's yeah. not like we don't have it, and it's not it's not on. I think it's just Apple Music, and uh, so we're not we're not reviewing that. But then there was also a promo video for Endless, which was like very long and featured him. I think like building a spiral staircase out of wood or some such, yeah. right? And that that so there was this like, which is like a lot like the several year long pro- process of making this album, right? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I mean that's interesting. It's been what. Uh, uh, Two years or or Ooh, no 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 like I four I think four um, oh, okay yeah that um do 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 um yeah I'm I'm pretty sure the, that that twenty uh, that twenty twelve was yeah channel uh, channel orange was was twenty twelve oh there you uh-huh. go and the, I guess the the previous the the non studio uh, uh uh previous record had been um 
uh, had been sooner, had the process had been sooner. So we have this new statement from, from Frank Ocean. Uh, speaking of, I mean, speaking of the kind of the unconventional song structures, I was listening to this record on a long bike ride, uh, the other day and I had it on loop. So it was just, it was endless. It would just, uh, go as long as, you know, as long as I was writing. Um, but I didn't realize that I had the songs on shuffle as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was listening to it in, uh, I was listening to it in random order. And I think that I had, I had had, um, Spotify and my phone set to shuffle, like in the player window, in the player interface, the kind of slide up player pane of Spotify yep. for some time. So I'm not sure that I had heard <laughs> this record in order before today. So I listened to, I, I was like, sure. I sat down at the computer and like made through, I made sure I was stepping through the, the record in the track order that it's supposed to be in. And I'm not sure it improved the coherence of the experience necessarily. <laughs> Well, I, I think that the one thing that order. it does is that it does. I mean, I, it's interesting. To, I imagine that in if you have it on shuffle, you would get the spoken word kind of found sound um, monologue recordings um, at, at a relatively even interval because there's um, yes. a pretty small number of them. But like, I think I think the order. I think that they are. I, I think because they are a very strong aesthetic statement, they they. I think the sequence of those matters and gives a bit of order to the songs that come around it. But that. Without those, it would be pretty hard to build a kind of more um, linear story um, here. But I feel like those are these uh, flagpoles, and I think will be something to kind of dig into um, as we as we jump into the album. Yeah, sure. I mean, there are. Yeah, I, I kind of see it as a. Well, we can talk about it later, but but I kind of see it as like a side A, side B sort of dynamic. With side B to me being a little more ambient and a little more experimental, and then a, uh, and side A having more of the things that I would call single singles or potential singles, but we can, you know, we can sort of, um, we can, we can delve more into that as we go. So, uh, give blonde a spin. Uh, it's on the streaming services. If you, if you are an Apple music listener, I think you can go into some of the exclusive material there as well, but we're going to be confining our, uh, we're going to be confining our, our remarks and discussion to, uh, to blonde. And, uh, it's, it's an hour long. So, you know, go for a, go for a longish jog or, uh, you know, I don't know what, a. a clean clean the house uh do a kind of a deep clean of your kitchen or something like that whatever you can do for uh for an album or uh you know just just lay in your bedroom stare, staring at the ceiling putting the uh putting this on putting this record on it's not it's not uh necessarily make out music it's not a lot of it that uh that uh you know actually the beats drop well, it's, out it's, it's, it's make out music for finding your identity right <laughs> i guess so yeah if you want like if you uh uh, if you view making out like it's serial making out music, so actually what you should do is line up maybe uh, uh, you know twenty partners. Let's let's just say and uh, make out with them for three minutes each. Uh, as, uh, you know, in your, uh, in, in, in your bedroom, just have them come in one at a time. Um, you know, for a second, I thought you were saying it was like cereal with a C making out music and you're making out with Tony, the tiger right? <laughs> um, and snap crackle. You just, you, you're making out with snap, then crackle and then pop. Right. You get, well, yeah, you get, it's funny. I can't think of any female cereal, uh, cereal mascots. That's, uh, that's interesting. If you can think of one, write in and tell us about it. Um, yeah. So like. It, 
the we leprechaun. Need to, we need to shatter. We need to shatter the uh, the cardboard ceiling. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the uh, get the leprechaun from Lucky Charms, the Tricks Rabbit, Tony the Tiger, Captain Crunch. Sam. Yeah, Count Chocula. You know, maybe the maybe the different species is a is a uh, is the metaphor for diversity um, among cereal among serial mascots and, and, uh, just, you know, just try out, uh, a relationship, a little, uh, physical relationship with each of them. Um, as you uh as you discover your own identity uh listening to blonde and once you're done and you know who you are come back and and uh, join our podcast which we will continue right after this word from our commercial sponsor do you like driving fast cars vroom vroom i love them so much i want to go and go do you want a car that you can have forever that will never leave you alone? Yes, I, I the impermanence of things and uh, separations are very anxiety-provoking for me. Well, then why not settle yourself into a brand new white Ferrari? Wow, white Ferrari? Uh, well, tell me more. Well, it's a Ferrari... And it's white. Oh, wow. I guess, uh, I guess that makes it special, huh? Yeah, it's like something you would have driven in the 80s, but it's brand new today. Wow, it's like an 80s revival and uh, and contemporary and all at the same time. Not only am I happy forever, but I know who I am. This is one white Ferrari that'll never crash. <laughs> white Ferrari, form your identity in our car. <sighs> And we're back. Ryan, I have hey, a Matt, question. I have a question for you. <laughs> so do we just go at the same time? Do yeah. we just a- ask both of our questions? No, you, you go. I feel like I got mine in last time, so I, I'll, I feel like uh, the egalitarian impulse should kick in here, and, and you, should, uh, you should be able to do it. Well, that's, that's appropriate, because my, my question, Matt, is, you know, this, uh, this blonde, with its, with its guitar strums and, and, its, and its introspection, uh, is it an indie folk album? <laughs> my answer is a qualified yes. Here's what my question was going to be. Uh, Ryan, this blonde, what genre is it? My answer is a qualified yes. <laughs> it is. The answer to that question is really a qualified yes. It is. This is uh, a quali- this is a qualified yes album. Yeah, I don't. It's uh. And actually, in that way, it's like in 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 as many ways, like it also means that it is it, qualifiedly it is a prog album. Yeah, right. Because yes was a prog band. It is a qualified <laughs> yes album. <laughs> um, the it's all the genres, right? Like yeah. there's it's it's a rock album in places. It's it's uh, it's a like it's uh, close to you is sort of a cover, right? Or at least uses and kind of deforms the melody of of that classic song. So there's this like almost like great American songbook quality to it. It's uh, you know, um, it's a hip hop album. It's a and, and an R and B R and B album, an R and B album, an indie rock album. Yeah, it's I mean, it's uh, it's all of these things, and I'm like and. This this is one of the things like it's it's a little hard to latch onto structurally because the library you kind of have to take each phenomenon you kind of have to look at the phenomena and uh uh 
kind of evaluate them without a lot of reference points because it doesn't like one of the things that genre does is it gives you signposts uh it gives you kind of a, a trail marking that you can um that you can rely on as you sort of read something and figure out what you think of it uh, or how it compares to other things but this is sort of sui generis uh and that that makes it very very interesting um but it also makes it a little exhausting right because you don't have a lot of easy interpretive moves uh easy interpretive moves that you can make i actually like another thing like there are genres of of beyond just genres of music like there what is this album an ethnography yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, right? Exactly. Is it? Is this? Uh, uh, is this album a podcast? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Is this album is it, field oh, notes yeah, from you field notes from interviews with with people in a certain social milieu? Right. Like. Right. right. Is this album the moth? Right. <laughs> uh, um, and it, well, I think that these are also interesting. I kind of talking about the field recordings of kind of people people talking. I mean, I think that. One thing, though, that it is, I think, especially honing in on the first one, uh, the one that I quoted, uh, the the track is track four, um, "Be Yourself," which is um, by, uh, a recording of a a, a voice uh, rec- voice message from not Frank Ocean's mom, um, but a woman named Rosie Watson, who is a mother of one of um, Frank uh, Frank's uh, childhood friends, um, and it has the you know it has very much the um, I, I, you know the the most most mom thing ever right which is like about a minute into the message uh that uh, uh, uh in which the child is being admonished to not do drugs uh then after it says uh it says this is mom <laughs> um as if it could be anyone other right. than mom exactly um and it's and, not but it's not even his mom but it's still mom right like it's mom. yeah it's, it's, the, it's the it's the mom yeah it's the er mom you know yeah, it's like the yeah. archetypal it's the mom in the sky it's the heavenly mother uh, yeah. Well, and, and I want to say, though, that, that in addition to this being kind of like a ethnographic piece or a kind of um, like found sound or, or a storytelling podcast or something like that, it is, you know, it's interesting because that one of the admonishments is don't try to be someone else. Be yourself and that's good enough. Um, but what it actually reminds me of very strongly as a technique uh, is um, is actually uh, Kendrick Lamar's uh, previous album, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, has a series of, um, of of voicemail messages from his mom, right? Yeah. Uh, and and that kind of in telling this story of himself as a as a teenager. Um, that that he actually uses this technique. So like one of these things that I think that this is is by actually kind of having this admonishment to be yourself while also then p- paying tribute to a close friend. And Kendrick kind of shows up on one of the later songs, um, doing these kind of vocal echoes. He doesn't rap, um, but just does the uh, does. Um, I think it's on Skyline Two. Kendrick kind of shows up as the as the the response side of the call and responses. Um, the, that it kind of situates itself um, a bit as uh, what I would call the uh, hip hop uh, bildungsroman, right? Uh, and uh, right, the the uh, the the portrait of the artist as a young as a as a young rapper um, kind of album. And so there is kind of that of kind of a a story of of 
kind of development as a as a artist or a, or an adult, um, which is interesting because it's kind of coming after his commercial breakthrough. Um, but that I think that then kind of moves to that much more self-consciously meta uh, place. And then I think that one other kind of thing that um, kind of as a as a feature of saying that kind of says what kind of a thing this is um, a, a lot uh, that because like the, the kind of traditional genre markers are so kind of omnipresent and that it is all of the genres. Um, I think that so, you know, that um, another kind of marker of this is the um, track solo, the 10th track, uh, or so not not solo, but solo reprise, uh, which features only uh, only vocals from um, Andre 3000 and no um, no vocals from Frank Ocean himself, which is um, I feel like part of this genre of what I would call like uh, capsule, ca- like capsule collection guest spots huh. um, that that is like the um, the drum interlude uh, on the Chance the Rapper album, the the you're so very special, right? Which yeah. is, is just sung by drum uh, and has no chance. Special to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And 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 or like Chance's appearance on Ultralight Beam, sure. which even though Kanye's on Ultralight Beam, the kind of Chance Chance owns that song, right? Yeah. So this kind of subleasing part of your song uh, or part of your album uh, to another artist who kind of owns it and occupies it. Um, and I feel like that also then situates it in a kind of mode of, uh, um, of, of hip hop albums um, that, that kind of, it puts it alongside um, I mean, the it, it puts it alongside the best hip hop albums of the year, right? That that it in these ways, um, yeah, exactly. It's like what genre of film is this? It's an art film, right? right like it, right. you know, it's what kind of what kind of uh, uh, hip hop album is this? It is a chart topping, socially important hip hop album. Yeah, and right. So it's alongside it's alongside um, Coloring Book and Life of Pablo and and, and Pippa Butterfly from last year and and. Yeah. And, and yeah, on yeah. and on, right? And 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 lemonade as well, sure. right? Um, and especially you know in that it has the accompanying or kind of a concurrent visual album, right? And 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 that this is a kind of is a dominant mode that is kind of omnivorous with respect to to genre, um, and especially has actually strong elements of of indie music, right? And in in both like kind of collaborations from um, uh, indie songwriters, uh, like there, you know, James Blake shows up here in the credits um uh rostam batmangli from um from vampire weekend uh uh has a credit on one of the the tracks uh jamie xx i think is on that same track um that uh uh, uh francis uh francis and the lights uh, the indie band right so that there's a lot of um uh, that you know, there are a lot of these indie touchstones. They, the last track uh, uh, samples a Gang of Four song, right? This is kind of seminal post-punk band, right? So that uh, and and the, that and in that way, a lot of these other albums have these kind of either co-writes, co-produces, or samples of kind of indie music, right? This is, this is the new indie, right? Mainstream hip hop is the new indie is the new mainstream, right? That, that like, and this is 
kind of been a core kind of the, the core Ouroboros, the Coroboros um, that we have that we have uh, fixated on. Um, and and but I think that that this kind of hammers home the fact that that these are all that that these kind of markers of this kind of like um, both kind of polyglot in terms of genre and yet like identifiable within an emerging tradition um, is kind of is is fascinating right and 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 that's what kind of makes it of this moment um, and and uh, kind of part of a a literature or a a kind of um, um, uh, an artistic moment yeah I mean the other I mean the other thing that I kind of want to reference it to a little bit, like with the with the subleasing of um, with the subleasing of space, or like just a sort of protected version, like a just a kind of protected space for someone else to do it a, a bit um, with some of the some of the formal innovation, some of the spoken word pieces and stuff like that is like, is a variety show, right? Like it's, it's kind of a prairie home companion, but it's a, it's a, like, it's an odd future Los Angeles home companion or like a, you know, a, like a a globe trotting famous R and B singer home companion, you know, that, uh, or it's a, it's a, uh, uh, at home on the global stage home companion that, um, uh, and, and like, I guess my first growing up when I did the first hip hop album that I was aware of that had this structure uh, that had, and this oh, one had, I know a, where you're going. I know where you're going. Was, was the carnival. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause there were skits, you know, there were kind of courtroom skits and the whole thing was like this. It was this trial, which was kind of subtly a commentary on the criminal justice system and, and sort of injustice and, and, uh, and thing, and also sort of hybridity and, and kind of polyglot. Uh, culture and stuff like that is, you know, it was very interesting for this was the first one that I was aware of, but like, I I feel like the form has gotten a lot more subtle in, in recent years, like, and even like, even to pimp a butterfly with this, like this narrative of the poem unfolding Mm -hmm. as, as each, um, uh, you know, as each new line gets a new song and like you get sort of more depth into the, uh, into the story that Kendrick Lamar is, is telling. There's this sort of, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, and, and that one honestly is not really a variety show, but Life of Pablo certainly is. And, and, uh, and on and and this this too to a certain extent right like because there's it's, it's 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 a one man variety show right like it's a variety show of the self well um, sort of it's like it's yes because the self is various right like right, and has exactly. That's has what I mean yeah yeah they're okay but also like. Um, Bob Hope had variety, like, or, or the, like the Bing Crosby Christmas specials, right? Like there are central, there's a central kind of organizing personality about which, around which the whole thing revolves. And then there's, um, then there's like, uh, spaces like carved out for other people to kind of do their, um, to sort of, uh, to sort of do their thing. And like, it's, uh, 
Yeah. It, and, and so it's, it, it's funny because it like, it's a, a kind of cutting edge avant-garde move, though it's, it's become a kind of dominant mode of a certain kind of commercially successful and also artistically serious music production. But like, it harkens back to the old days of like, let's just entertain the people, right? Let's just right. like put a bunch of good things, like string it together uh, on a necklace and let it, uh, um, let it speak for itself, you know? So uh, I'm, um, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, 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 uh, I'm sort of, ta- I'm sort of taken by it. And, and the other thing, I mean, the other thing is that like, the star is the show, you know, and not necessarily I'd be hard pressed to pick a single out uh, from this record, though. I'm sure, you know, uh, I'm sure they released them. Right. But the the, the kind of the but star, yeah, it, ha- it hasn't been much of a uh, like uh, m- much for the hot 100. Right. It definitely it was it was a you know, an album in a non-album time. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it, it kind of debuted at number one, uh, on, on the billboard 200. Um, and, and, and was like, you know, purchased, um, you know, as kind of, uh, you know, purchases of the entire album, um, uh, rather than kind of, uh, a la carte. Right. So, I, yeah, and yeah. I think that's, I, I mean, I think that's important because the whole thing, like I say, the star is the show, right. And you kind of have to go through the whole show and like one, one section of it won't really, doesn't really give a, a clear picture uh, I, I mean, and I feel like there are high points. There are songs that are sort of closer to being bangers. Um, but, you know, uh, can we talk about the mood uh, a little bit or sort yeah, of yeah, yeah, what's yeah. being the, the, the hashtag mood? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's being transacted a little bit artistically here at a at a high level? Because, uh, I mean, a couple things sort of occur to me and I want to sort of compare it to the, the kind of the sad R and B of the weekend, um, of Zane, (laughs) Uh (laughs) you know, uh, and of views, uh, Mm -hmm. a a little bit. And like, I think that like in this constellation, I think it's similar enough and yet different enough that, that there are some, there could be some, uh, good things to say about it, um, in that. And like, so the, the interesting thing here is that it's, it, um, I'm I'm aware like very early on in our podcast we talked a lot about adolescence right like when we were talking about teenagers uh and the kind of the social you know this kind of social or the economic uh and social construction of adolescence as a as a sort of pre-adult time uh when you were not you were not yet ready to be an economic actor or you were being kind of trained up to be uh an economic actor and it seemed I mean and I know that in recent decades um People who do this kind of thing have have theorized a a sort of further period beyond uh, the age of majority, but before you're actually a viable economic actor, sort of encompassing college and the years immediately after. Uh, that that gets called a couple things, but one, the the one I've heard the most is emerging adulthood, right? That that. Uh, you know, as uh, unlike our parents' generation, when when they graduated from college, the largest employer in America was General Motors, and they paid um, in inflation-adjusted money. They paid uh, almost twenty bucks an hour. Uh, these days, the largest employer in America is Walmart, and the average wage there is like 
750 or something like that though you know i don't know i guess there's there are moves to raise the minimum minimum wage and that that uh that statistic from a couple years ago may not be borne out um in in the coming years so there's this i mean there's this kind of emerging sense and like millennials uh frank ocean is a millennial right like it's you know it's interesting like you can you can understand there are a lot of ways of looking at frank ocean right like uh he's a an r&b singer he's uh in the kind of the odd future crew he is the first voice that you hear on watch the throne right so he's kind of blessed by the the royalty of hip-hop you know like there's a lot of there's a lot of ways of looking at him but he's also a millennial right and looking (laughs) looking at him as a millennial right as one of as one of these you know one of these kids who's like moving in with their parents and always on their phones um still getting still getting uh admonishing voicemails from from mom uh, yeah. from, from her mom, from, uh, from her mama, uh, the, uh, when I feel like the Facebook skit very much lives in that as well, right. We're kind of the, uh, concerned with the ways that a relationship is managed, uh, on Facebook is a very millennial concern is a concern of those who really live their lives online. Right. And kind of grew up, um, with that much more, um, as opposed to us who kind of came to it as post-college people already. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that that that's a, a through line. I think that this theme is very strongly uh, on the last track, "Future of Free," uh-huh. right, where he kind of says, um, you know, that I used to work on my feet for seven dollars an hour. Call my mama like my like mama. Uh, I ain't making minimum wage, mama. I'm on, mama. I'm on. Now I'm making four hundred, six hundred, eight hundred k, mama, to stand on my feet, mama. Play these songs. It's, ther- it's therapy, mama. They pay in me, mama. Right. And it's both kind of talking to mama, uh, right, in this way, and kind of going from being a minimum wage job that probably does not pay the bills to orders of magnitude um, above that, um, right. Um, and kind of, um, and, and, and talking a bit later of, you know, he says later, I ain't had me a job since 2009. Um, and, and I think that that's like very interesting. I mean, it's a very interesting kind of comparison to Bieber, right. Who, um, on, uh, the unlove yourself, right. On purpose that, which we discussed last year kind of says he's been working at his job. Right. Uh, and for Bieber, he's never not had a job. Yeah. Um, uh, but Frank Ocean actually remembers having a job uh, and it being kind of dead end. Yeah. Well, I, it's interesting. Like the self-conceptions of artists when they talk about themselves is an interesting thing. And there's, you know, probably a bunch of PhD dissertations uh, on it, like whether they are a, like in touch with the cosmos sort of person or whether like Chaucer, Chaucer always described himself as like a maker, like a wagon right or something like that, who... um you know, who was just kind of in the shop and like fitting pieces together, more a craftsman than a, uh, than a, like a divinely inspired, um, than a divinely inspired figure. And so there's sort of a continuum of grandiosity, uh, that um, this sort of self-talk that the self-conception of of artists and how they talk about themselves goes on. And, uh, and here when he's saying uh, I should be paying, uh, I should be paying y'all honest to God. He's saying like, they're paying me a lot of money, but I should be paying them. I should be paying y'all honest to God. I'm just a guy. I'm not a God. Sometimes I feel like I'm a God, but I'm not a God, which seems like a a rebuke to Kanye West to, it seems like a rebuke to Jesus, you know, that, that, uh, or, or, at least staking out a different staking out a different position on that 
on that continuum uh, than than on Yeezus, where there is a song called "I Am a God." You know, yeah, it's like he's Frank Ocean's like, take as long as you need to with my damn croissant, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, because I remember, I remember, God, yeah. yeah, I remember making croissants or like you know serving them to people in my like in my service industry job for seven dollars an hour, and it was not uh, it was not pleasant. So like I I sympathize <laughs> I sympathize with you, right? Um, there's, yeah. there's some there's something else on this song that I want to call attention to it. I think that relates to this kind of um this kind of the the emergence from the the kind of emerging adulthood and this kind of late prolonged adolescence. Um and it's because it's it, there's a detail uh that comes up in both this last song and in the first song, Nikes, and that's balls. Did you notice balls yes. in both songs? Right? That so Yeah, the uh, balls sticking to the side of the fancy jeans. Exactly, exactly. The balls stick to the ball main uh, on Nikes, and in here there's actually two references right near the uh, end. So he says, uh, "I'm gonna stick around. I'm gonna let my nuts hang. Yes, um, you got some just like me, don't you?" Um, and then later on, um, just like in the um, kind of breakdown that follows that, where there's kind of um, there's call and response again. Um, one of the lines in the kind of response in the background vocals um, is uh, it says, "Keep me high, Castrati," <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, uh, and and there's a reference to kind of uh, the kind of uh, the falsetto or the castrato, the kind of high range, um, kind of induced by castration, um, and kind of a, a kind of prepubescent uh, castrated boy. Well, it's I mean um, right like that that the like a castrato was someone who wanted to like keep their boys keep the boy soprano. Yeah. So it was like it was guarding against. Uh, yeah. adulthood coming up. And like one of the, I, yeah, I guess you could say that that is a theme of the kind of the emerging adulthood time of life, that it's kind of like guarding against, I mean, even the discourse um, I, I'm taken uh, and I've taken to using it myself. Like I'm taken uh, with the idea uh, that we describe it as hashtag adulting when we're, <laughs> when like we're just doing errands or cleaning the house, right. Which are normal things, normal things to do and not, you know, not to, deserving of some sort of award but the idea of like oh i don't want to adult today please don't make me adult today which is a meme i've seen on uh on you know the the various tubes with like you know the picture of like a cat like laying uh laying under the covers and not wanting to like poke its head out or something like that you know someday there will eventually be a nobel prize in adulting right (laughs) and and the person who accomplishes that will be the one person left doing normal adult things i guess so (laughs) I mean, I feel like the Nor- the Nobel Prize in adulting will be like a purple participant ribbon that's a- awarded to everyone. <laughs> you know that uh, that yeah that it's going to be um, <laughs> uh, that it's you know and that if you don't if you don't get one, your helicopter parents will swoop in and like tell you pe- and like uh, you know make sure this is mo- this is mom my my son worked very hard. <laughs> On this, uh, yeah, on this thing. And it's, you know, it's bad for juniors. uh, It's bad for juniors self-esteem. Anyway, the the, like, so there are a lot of psychological strategies for sort of prolonging the prolonging the point of of adulthood or kind of like accepting adulthood. And one is nostalgia, which is something that's like, I feel like a lot of this record is is uh, told in the past tense, right? Like a lot of it is like about, do you remember that time that we, you know, drove in such and such a car? Or do you remember when we had a relationship and we were sleeping together and we were, you know, all this stuff. Um, it's, uh, 
and it's friends too, right? Like Tyler, there's the line very near the end where Tyler used to sleep on my couch. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's about friends. Uh, it's a, it's about childhood friends or, or kind of early, early in adulthood friends. I mean, especially like, um, you know, for him, all, all of his friends became famous, right. Uh, or like at least all of his early twenties friends, um, became famous, but then there's a lot of like, kind of like last loves, right. Like lost loves or like lost kind of one night stands, right. There's a lot of one night stands here. Um, I feel like, right. Yeah. Yes. I think, I think you're absolutely right. And like, um, sort of like someone like someone in his 20s like he's very concerned about what they say about him or like he's very like they become the one night st- rather than kind of being one night stands uh they become like um they become like very important internal characters in his uh in his um uh kind of internal lexicon or his kind of internal pantheon of uh uh you know, uh, of, of like the, the narrative that he's constructing about himself. I'm, I'm trying to find, uh, one, it's a short, uh, I'm trying to find one. It's a, it's a short track, but he, he, uh, it says, uh, you don't look like you text, right. And, uh, you know, with the kind of the, the, the normal, I guess these days, normal experience that you, uh, that you're likely to meet somebody online, uh, before you, before you meet them in person, you're likely to, um, you know, text with them a while before you, before you meet them. And like that, you don't look like, you don't look like you text is a, uh, is a, oh, um, I think it's, yeah. Oh, you text nothing like you look. Uh, it's good guy. Uh, here's to our good guy. Uh, he hooked it up, said if I was in NY, I should look you up. I first time I done saw you, you text nothing like you look. Um, that the, uh, you know, that there's, there is this kind of like prolonged or there is this kind of protracted getting to know you period before you actually get to know a person, uh, in, in the flesh. And it's, it's, uh, you know, a strange phenomenon of like contemporary dating or contemporary hook it up, hooking up romantic entanglements, sexual entanglements, all sorts, um, that like, there is this, there is this sort of pre, uh, pre meeting kind of literary relationship phase, uh, at, at which, uh, you know, during which time the, a lot of projection and a lot of kind of internal work can happen, uh, kind of conscripting the other person into, um, into the narrative of your own, of your own kind of hip hop buildings Roman. Uh, and that, that's the, that's the point that I, that I, that I wanted to make that, that a lot of these one night stands that are, that are nostalgic. Um, it's more that they, um, it's more that they kind of come to represent something that he wants to believe or that he wants to work through, uh, about, about himself rather than it being mm. like, rather than it being even like regret, like, Oh, Hey, you were cool. I wish we'd gotten to know each other better or you were awful. I wish we had never hooked up in yeah. the first place. Uh, it's, it's more like, uh, enough about me. What, what does my involvement with you say about me? You know? Well, well, right. And I guess getting back to the variety show is right. These are all kind of characters in the Prairie Home Companion. Yeah. Like a, are, a person's sexual history is a variety show. I mean, hopefully mostly yeah. a comic 
comic one and not a tragic one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but it is kind of. But what's interesting is that he is still ultimately like playing each of the characters, right? Um, and yeah. so, the, uh, and and conversely, the 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 voices, even though they're kind of speaking with the voices or actions of these people, that they're also kind of ultimately they're they're parts of a kind of mirror that are reflecting parts of him, right? Um, you know what what does what does this kind of this relationship um you know or relationship that didn't happen um say about uh about me um and and i do think that 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 also like i mean i think one of the highlights of the song uh that is a bit different from this model of these songs that are kind of about others uh is is solo right is you know that is is kind of um you know, about kind of, um, you know, trying to kind of make a connection with someone, uh, and then ultimately kind of just like rolling solo. Right. Um, and kind of, um, and kind of finding that kind of balance between wanting that connection and then just kind of getting high by yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, or, well, you know, hand me a towel. I'm dirty dancing by myself. It's like the, the idea of the idea of masturbation of, of kind of flying solo of isolation, uh, you know, of a sort of non-generative, uh, non-generative sex act when, uh, you know, uh, around the, you know, around the whole thing. Um, and that's again, interesting in kind of, in contrast to, um, Kanye, right. The, uh, from, and also from Jesus, right. I'd rather be a, a dick than a swallower. Sure. Right. Uh, well, that, that like that, in the, uh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, that well, this like dirty dancing by myself. Like it, he sort of works through the idea of um, he works the the I, through the idea of uh, sleeping with a woman, getting her pregnant, having a baby mama. Um, not wanting, you know, uh, and she won't let you fly solo. Right. And, and it's sort of a fly. So like, there's this ambivalence about flying solo, I guess is, is what I'm yeah, trying yeah, to say, yeah. because it's both a kind of lonely and isolated, uh, uh, state, but it's also a state that's free of encumbrance, right. Uh, the encumbrance of family or of like, uh, of emotional c- commitments and kind of the, the needs of other people. And like, as he, like in, in a subsequent verse kind of works, works through that actually like dirty dancing by, by myself might be might be the preferable alternative um to you know to getting getting tied down right yeah no definitely um and what do you make of the bull and the matador dueling in the sky yeah um because i feel like it's such a there like that is like one of the like lines that like like and the kind of in in the vocal performance that like sears through in the entire album right sure. um the way that it's sung um there's something about uh yeah the uh, chorus like, to, the chorus to this song that's that's pretty that's pretty good and not just like the geniuses at at rap genius say that the lyrics are it's hell on earth and the city's on fire inhale inhale there's heaven uh, like a sort of like a drug thing like get high get high there's heaven inhale but uh you know you're smoking but um the way he the way he pronounces it it sounds like in hell in hell there's heaven right like uh yeah and the, the, it's the double entendres and intent right there's an ambiguity right yeah and and the um you know i don't know like the 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 bull and the matador are i i feel like it's because it's 
solo, right? Like because this song is called Solo, I'm tempted to real to uh to read it as kind of an allegory of the soul a little bit that right. there is like a bull, a like a, a violent, appetitive, threatening, um energetic, powerful mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. the soul, and then there's a matador who is uh uh, uh cunning, uh in charge, calculating, uh graceful, slightly more feminine maybe mm-hmm. and and that like you know that there's that there's that aspect um and that like the sort of the the struggle between the kind of the the uh the like the very young energy and the very yin energy of like the bull and the matador is like kind of uh, you know it kind of is what makes makes the self makes the self conflicted and makes uh being solo something that's that's ambivalent rather than something that's just uh strongly desired or strongly repudiated i think that's i think that's right on i think actually fits with something um that's in the album itself right that the the title of the album that is on the um art is blonde b-l-o-n-d the masculine um and that but then on the track listings themselves uh in in spotify or in streaming it is um it is labeled as blonde b-l-o-n-d-e um the feminine right and so that the album kind of appears as both um as both the the maximum the um the masculine presentation um and the uh and the and the feminine presentation and it's like also one though that uh that has that they sound the same mm-hmm. right and and so that it's a it's a a a kind of uh gender identity um double entendre right sure um, right and yeah. frank you know and frank ocean makes a makes a uh a sort of subject of his own kind of sexual identity or orientation. Right. And so he's, the idea is that like in the, the, um, the, uh, uh, it's a pun, right? Like, because by, yes, exactly. by, by sounding the same, um, yeah. it's both at the same time, uh, and both are kind of contained in the, both are, are kind of contained in the one words, just like in the one word. And that like, it is masculine and it is feminine, exactly. uh, at the same time. And by not, by by just um it's one of those speech writing things right like in the this is a point that derrida uh used to like to make when he theorized um uh difference uh w- which was a concept of him that that a concept of his about how meaning uh how meaning was constructed by differing and deferring and the easiest the easiest way i can explain it is like a you know a teenage punk rocker who uh says that they hate pop music Right. So uh, right. Uh, they differ from pop music, but by hating it, um, their tastes are defined by this external force. By saying, right. I am not that, they differ, but they also defer because they're, they are deferring some of their authority onto pop music, which uh, is then free to construct the thing that they hate and by contrast, the thing that, that they love. And this, this was like, this was a, and Derrida made a larger claim about language working in this way, which had, which was, um, uh, relate, which was a development of some thoughts in French, like structural linguistics from early in the 20th century. And that, that like, so his, this was his like sort of claim about all, all meaning ever. Uh, but he didn't spell it the word difference. He spelled it difference with an A. Uh, and now the French word is spelled D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E with the appropriate accents and whatnot. Um, but it's pronounced difference. Uh, Derrida's word is pronounced, is spelled D-I-F-F-E-R-E-N-C-E. 
A-N-C-E, mm. but it's still pronounced difference. So you don't know which one you're talking about unless you're, <laughs> unless you're reading it uh, as opposed to, to talking, talking about it, which was his, like, uh, his dig at you know, writing as a kind of a poor substitute for speech or as a, as a stand-in mm. uh, for speech. And so he was, um, d- d- uh, he was kind of uh, exploiting the difference between speech and writing by doing this. And there's a similar kind of move. This is a long way around the barn to say like this, there's a similar move. This is a similar move. Like, is it blondie or is it blonde? You know, right. it's, but it's both, it's neither it's one or the other, depending on the, the moment that, that you're, that you're looking, that yeah. you're looking at and like not having a canonical, not having a canonical title is, um, is really a brilliant move for this, for this album. That's about identity. That's about emergence, uh, that, that maybe certain points of it are about ambivalence, um, at, at, uh, at certain points. Well, it's, it's both bull and matador, right? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. They're, they're mutually constituting. The, the bull and the matador are mutually constituting. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, which came, which came first, the bull of the, or the matador? And the answer is yes. Right. Yes, the answer is a, a, That's a quali- yeah. yeah, qualified uh, yes. A qualified yes. <laughs> um, well, are there any other songs that uh, that that jump out at you uh, as as kind of standouts uh, on here, or kind of moments uh, I mean, that the, that are? The, I guess we've sort of talked. We've sort of talked through the the. Um, I guess we've sort of talked through the. Um, the uh the spoken word pieces but can we talk about the guest verse from andre 3000 yeah, a little yeah, bit sure. because like it is such a bravura piece of rapping it is um, amazing. yeah <laughs> and and like it's uh yeah and it's so i mean it's so interesting because it's about um it's about humility it's about the sort of the holocaust of of african americans being shot by the police it's about uh um nostalgia uh it's about kind of disaffection and and alienation and kind of uh and and sort of and sort of fame it's about naivete he says um uh uh, after 20 years in, I'm so naive. I was under the impression that everyone wrote their own verses. Uh, I'm coming back different. And yeah, that shit hurts me. Um, I'm humming and whistling to those not deserving. Uh, I've stumbled and lived every word. Was I working just way too hard? I mean, that's, you know, which is a sort of, I mean, which is a sort of brilliant observation, right? Like, what is the role of, of something like, uh, artistic integrity in, in the, the, in an industry run by songwriting teams or like, you know, uh, famous producers, top line writers, you know, ghost writers, um, things like this. And like, I think Frank Ocean. These brain trusts, right? Entire brain trusts, right? Yeah. Go ahead. Because the, the, because the economic power of these things, um, is, uh, is both diminished and, uh, much more important than it ever used to be, right? Like a hit song, a hit song is so much more important because the music industry is such a, a shadow of its, of its former self. And like, so it's almost like we can't, uh, we can't trust these things to individual artists, to your like, um, to your, I don't know, to your, uh, uh, uh singer songwriters, to your like Bob Dylan's, to your Stevie Wonders, to your, uh, French Cosmos. Right. <laughs> No, but yeah, the, today, right? I mean, that's why Frankie. Because I mean, they're just going to release a fucking album about how their dog died, right? And who wants to listen to that shit? Um, but Man, if, if if Bob Dylan released a song about his dog dying, I would buy that album. <laughs> 
uh, that, that, uh, you know, and so there's a, I mean, there's a weird, the, the, in, in this guest verse, right? Like there's this weird double pose. There's kind of a humble brag, right? Cause I'm, I'm humble enough that I write my verses myself, but that makes me so much better than all the other people, uh, you know, um, I mean, no shade, no shade. But if you hear a Nicki Minaj rap, you know that Nicki Minaj wrote it. But it's also that like and and yet that's also why my solo album isn't out. Right. Right. Like it's like, you know, uh, it's like this interesting thing. It's like, well, yeah. So it takes a long time. Right. And this is, you know, on an album that was much delayed. Uh, I think there's something really telling about this. And, and it is especially on um, Andre 3000, who is around and crops up every now and then. But, you know, is is kind of um, on the one hand, went solo from um outcast um after um um uh, splitting with big boy and then is you know hasn't produced that kind of definitive solo album statement and there have been several good big boy albums um since then and, and kind of other other projects um and he's sort of saying well like yeah i mean i could have made an album if i compromised myself like all of the rest of you yeah <laughs> um but i am uh i am i'm i'm i i make art uh artisanal artisanal uh hip-hop albums yeah, exactly. Uh, and and I have to uh, I have to make every word by hand, right? Uh, and then and then stack those words into lines, uh, and then layer those lines into uh, into into verses. Um, uh, and it, and it is painstaking, careful work, right? Like, yeah, and it's really. I mean, you know, it's it's. Um... Yeah, and it's it's done solo, right? It's yeah. done without the 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 and and the the sort of the 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 tack that's taken is like, oh, you have a, a songwriting team, must be nice. Um, but but there there is a certain amount of like, I guess, market power you give up by not doing. I mean, we've talked about this. We've talked about like Taylor Swift as CEO, right? Yeah. Taylor Swift as kind of curator or just kind of like ultimate thumbs up, thumbs down person, not even manager, as executive of her songs of her her music careers though i you know i guess she takes a songwriting credit on on a lot of them because you know they're done from the voice memos that uh they're done from the voice memos that she records on her phone and fires off to max martin in sweden or whatever um well and but this is interesting because this you know this album um blonde has you know, if you look at the credits, many of the the um, writing credits, like actually, so this is so um, uh, 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 the solo solo reprise with uh, Andre Three Thousand is the only solo authored um, uh, song on the whole album. Yeah, right. It's the only single writer song, um, and it comes almost smack dab in the middle. Um, like Nights is right in the middle, uh, and it's a song that kind of has two halves and kind of changes. Um, I think almost like right at the 30 minute mark in the album yeah so solo is this kind of beginning of like if you know and i don't know if it's been released on vinyl yet i don't think it has but if it were on vinyl this is where you flip the side well you couldn't fit it you couldn't fit it on vinyl right you can put like 40 40 some odd minutes on vinyl you'd have to cut out some you know i don't know the the um the interview at the end yes (laughs) something something like that yeah would have to go but it yeah it is like it is definitely the point this and the Facebook story are the are the point where to me we go from the kind of the slightly more hip hoppy or dancey um, 
uh, first half to the slightly more ambient or experimental or kind of wandering, uh, wandering second half. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's right because pretty sweet, which comes after that is also feels actually feels like something that could have almost been on. I mean, there's a number of songs, right. That feel like, like a lot like the Bon Iver album. Right. And actually Bon Iver doesn't show up. Um, but, uh, um, uh, but oh, uh, James Blake does, and I actually, it's it's almost indistinguishable, right? Uh, I think James Blake shows up on White Ferrari. Yeah, it's um, it's I interesting, believe, right? Oh yeah, well, like Beyonce shows up, like singing like two lines of background or what or whatever, right? right? And I, yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, only yeah. only Frank Ocean, only like the man who was the first voice on Watch the Throne, could get Beyonce to show up as a guest vocal on his album and like have her sing back up in like the last verse of a song. Uh, uh, that you know but but it's i mean okay so so this is this is interesting like cuz from from nike's like it's clear that frank ocean is like an incredible singer right? right and that that when he cuts loose he could give any r&b or soul singer a run for his money um wor- you know working in the genre and yet his voice is so processed right like he sort of right. he puts it through so much and like he can bust out a falsetto you know he can sing high unaided by technology but but like the first uh, on nikes like when he starts singing these bitches want nikes um at that whole first section is like digitally altered and sort of digitally raised in pitch to to yep. a kind of chipmunk voice sort yeah, of yeah totally it's old old kanye right yeah. like um it's it's totally this weird i mean what is the role of it's jarring right i remember the first time i heard this album um and i was, i i like many people like you know i was like well gotta hear this when it came out in august and i was like well this is not what i was expecting <laughs> so i guess i guess point ocean Right, like, um. <laughs> well, yes, novel, sir. You have delivered. You have delivered novelty. Um, but, but then I think that there is. I mean, this is an interesting thing where you talk about kind of. We talk a lot about defining sonic moments, where is like you think that this is it, right? Where it's like kind of, um, you know, that this. Oh, I look at this weird chipmunky voice. Um, but then um, in verse two, he cuts through, right? And it's the line, "We'll let you guys prophesy. Um, uh, we'll let you guys prophesy. We're going to see the future first. We'll let you guys prophesy. We're going to see the future first. Right. Living so, the last night feels like a past life." Um, uh, that's, I mean, that's kind of a, a, that's a mission statement, especially that's where he kind of cuts through. And it's this, it is this breathtaking moment. Um, kind of like that verse, um, the verse on, on solo, um, that it's one of these moments where he really cuts loose, uh, and he, he kind of cuts through and it's not like a, uh, necessarily like a cutting through of of kind of a noise, but it's that th- that he it's like uh, it's like a curtain drops it because he's been like singing from like behind the curtain of autotune, right? And then all of a sudden he pulls he pulls the cord and the cotton uh, cotton drags uh, drops and there he is, yeah. right? Uh, there's 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 the wizard, right? Um, <laughs> um, and you know, pay attention. This is the pay attention to the man behind the curtain uh-huh. moment, right? Like. Uh, 
uh, because like, uh, and, and there is like a little bit of a, a kind of, there's a shadow play, right. That he's kind of, he's making, um, that, that with the, the effect, I guess I'm answering my own question of like that he's, he's, you, you see this kind of the shadow of Frank Ocean. Um, and then he then like, and then he, then he turns the, at that moment, he turns the lamp around. Right. Uh, and says, no, and, and you get the full force of, of him as opposed to the, sh- of the, the shadow of the self. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's really striking, right. That, that, that wouldn't be as striking if he just opened on a, on, on that big vocal hit. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's okay. So it, it, it provides contrast. I mean, last, last week uh, with Bon Iver, we talked about like the, the, um, the vocal processing as a metaphor of kind of alienation of isolation of the kind of technological mediation of human relationships. And I think that's also, I mean, I think that's also, uh, I think that also obtains here and, and especially given the, like the Facebook, the, the, like the, the difference between the virtual and the kind of the actual and the kind of the, the relationship, the relationship between those, the idea that there is a parallel representational space, um, that, that suddenly we're all fucking responsible for, right. And like, suddenly you have to like curate and manage, uh, in a way that is harmonious with your, with your face to face life. And like, it's again, like, which is the, which is the more important, the, the real life or the Facebook? And the answer is yes. Right. But here, here is a qualified qualified yes. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. The, the, uh, um, here, these bitches want Nikes, right? And so the idea is, and, and Nikes is a pun for money here because they're looking for a check and the Nike swoosh looks like a check mark, but a check is, is a money check and the women are, you know, uh, women are gold diggers and, and, or the particular w- women he's talking about are gold diggers or whatever, right? Like, um, but, but like the way that this, this, uh, this kind of mediated vocal uh passage is describing kind of a mediated a mediated relationship that's that's sort of mediated by like an exchange of money or uh an exchange of like rings marriage proposals uh she said she needed a ring like carmelo um that uh uh you know that but and that like the desire for money is described as a desire for nike so it's mediated through like a brand name and and through a kind of a uh like a mass luxury good you know mm-hmm. because it's like nike's uh but the real ones just like you just like me right so that so that there's like huh. this is uh, it's a mediated relationship, but there are authentic and inauthentic forms of yeah. mediation, right? There yeah. are, are these, are these Nikes for real? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and that like, uh, and, and that like it's, and, and I think there's kind of an irony because he's saying again, like these bitches want Nikes, but they only want the real ones, right? Like they want a substitute for the relationship, but they only want the authentic so, right. like except no substitute substitutes right only the authentic substitutes will right uh, only will only splenda no nutrisweet right, right exactly uh it, well splenda tastes like sugar because it's made from sugar which you know that that statement like both the uh both the dependent and independent clause in that statement are false but uh yeah. Um, well, before I, I, it might be time to, uh, it might be time to, uh, uh, 
draw a line under this under this variety show of the uh, the TFT podcast where we perform literary anal- analysis, intellectual history, low comedy, commercial parodies. I mean, we you know we are not. I mean, we we should be releasing we should be releasing out. What you're saying is that the the, uh, the TFT uh, podcast has been a cutting edge hip hop album for some time. <laughs> we 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 were we were we were a a path breaking commercially sex- successful artistically ambitious hip hop album before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so uh, we're on Twitter at TFT Podcast. We're on Facebook uh, on the Theory for Turntables page, and there are comments if you want to talk about this uh, this album. Definitely deserving of being talked about uh, on Overthinking It. Go to the homepage there. Uh, find this episode near the top of the page and click on Show Notes. You'll find not only links to buy the record uh, to some secondary secondary resources. Um, reviews and and such about it uh but also to a comment section where we can talk together and the uh and you know the great uh dirty dancing with myself um that uh we call intellectual uh we call intellectual discourse can continue we will be back next week with more tft podcast continuing our contemporary uh our contemporary quarter talking about albums that are uh currently on the market uh, uh, what's hot in uh, indie, pop, rock, uh, R&B, rap, everything, uh, everything. It's all, it's all one album. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a yes genre album. And uh, as a yes genre album, I can tell you that we will keep it real.